0: You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We're going through a series called Selfless. And if you were here the past uh, few weeks, we've been talking about something about love. So first week, we've talked about love, right? We've discovered that selfless love really comes from a selfless God, right? In fact, you cannot... You cannot love selflessly unless you yourself have experienced the selfless love of God. And that's an amazing thing about love. It's not the me, myself, and I. Remember that? Uh, being that selfish love, all mine, 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 not, nothing for you. Kind of like that love, right? And then we also talk about marriage. How many of you were here and we talked about last week? Marriage. You were here last week and we discovered that really a godly marriage reflects a... Loving God, right? Uh, alright, amen. So, the truth is, you know, when we, when, when people see that our marriage it is loving, we have that loving marriage, just like Christ loved the church, what's happening is that people will come to know who God is. They'll see, hey, what's up with this couple? How come they, they love each other so much? Well, because they have been loved by God and they reflect the love of God, amen. So, today we're going to talk about relationships. Everybody say relationships. Now I have to warn you tonight, okay, because I love you and I love your kids. Okay. Uh this is like rated PG 13. We're gonna talk about sex. That's that's the reason why. So if you have kids with you, we do have uh a kids church so that you can explain that you're gonna have a hard time explaining what I'm gonna talk about. Uh it's one of those uh rare uh, preachings on sex, okay? So, guys, don't get me wrong, sex is good. It's not, there's nothing bad about sex. It's how we have perceived it. And it's not dirty, and that's what we'll be talking about tonight. So, if, if you have kids with you, kids' church is there. We have a wonderful kids' church. You can bring your, your son, your daughter, okay? That's, if that's okay. If not, be prepared. But, you know, dinaman, gano siguro. I don't think so. That's okay. <laughs> Alright, are you ready? Okay, we're talking about relationships, okay? Now, question. Why do you think people want to be in a relationship? Okay, why do you think people want to be in a relationship? You know, I have um, I have two grown-ups already. Both of them are going to celebrate their uh, 18th and 20th, uh, 21st birthday. So, it's quite amazing. I see Coach Jojo here. When they were kids, they were playing soccer with you, Coach. But... It's, it's just amazing. You know, they're, they're all grown up, right? And, you know, sooner or later, they will come into that place of relationships. But I have an eight-year-old, and she's so cute. I love her. You know, sarap kagatin, sarap kurutin. And every time I'd come home, I'd always tell, I always tell her, I'd always, uh, tell her this, this, this phrase of mine. I'd tell her, you know, uh, Colleen, uh, please don't grow up too fast. And then she'd look at me, and then she will say, uh, yes, Dad, but don't grow too old too fast. So that's that's what she'd say. Okay. So every time we have this uh, conversation about you know don't grow old too fast, don't grow up too old, uh, don't grow up too fast. And finally one day I said, so Colina, don't grow up too fast. And then she changed her answer this time. This time I was you know I was expecting you know don't grow too old too fast. And she she said, uh, Dad, but how can I get married if I don't grow old? If I grow too old, grow old, so. so I said. Oh. Where'd you get this? What happened? Did you watch TV? What happened? And I was kind of shocked. But the truth of the matter is, no matter how old or young you are, one way or another, you look for relationships, isn't it, right? That's why it's quite interesting to find out what people say about relationships. Why do you want to be in a relationship? Okay. There's a doctor, her name is uh, Margaret Hall, and she shares to us some of the reasons why people want to be in a relationship. And first off, she says that, this person says that, I want because I want someone to love me and make me feel special and worthy. How many of you kind of like prayed that prayer? Lord, I want someone you know, to love me. But you like it, right? You may, uh, right? Who, who does not want to be loved, right? Everybody wants to be loved, okay? Another reason, okay, is this. I don't want to be alone and lonely anymore. I don't want to be alone and lonely anymore. How About this, people would like to enter into a relationship for this reason. Um, I want to have children. You I don't like you know. I don't like you, but I just want to have children. You ever hear that? Did you ever hear that? You know, so I'm, not, I, I'm growing old. I never mind even even if I don't get married, I just want to have children. Have you heard of that? Yeah, right, right. How about this one? I know some of you kind of probably want this. I want to feel safe and secure, especially for the women, right? I want to feel safe and secure. Now, don't get me wrong. Okay, don't bite me. All right? All these answers, okay? All these answers are valid. But it really boils down to one thing. And it's this. It's what can I get? What can I get from this relationship. In other words, again, what's in it for me? Week one, we've studied about selfish love and selfless love, right? But it's kind of like selfish love. You know, what can I get out of this relationship? Okay. In other words, can this relationship satisfy me? Okay? Can it satisfy my longings, my needs? See, people come into a relationship for different kinds of You know, reasons, but most of it, most of it, they want something to get from. They want some, they want to take something from it. Isn't it? And think about that. Now, the thing, the thing with this is that this, this kind of reasoning is that when you come to a point that the person does not satisfy you anymore, this person does not meet your needs, this person does not Meet your level of expectation, what happens? You probably say, let's call it quits, let's break off. You know what I'm talking about? Tahimik nyo? ah." Serious. ah." Isn't it not? Think about that. And see, this is how the world thinks when it comes to relationships. Um, It's probably the reason why, it's probably, okay, I'm not saying it is, but it's probably the reason why. Singles are afraid to get married. Because the expectations will this relationship actually be worth being into. Are you still here? Yes. Okay. Now it's interesting. There are two persons that made a study, okay, over um oh, a a worldwide stat of uh, breakups. Okay. I'm not kidding, it's true, okay. Their names are David McCandless and Lee Byron. Okay, both of them, they compiled, uh, interesting statistics of, uh, you know, relationships breaking up. This is like a graph they did. This is about relationships, and they said that there are roughly 3 million first dates every day worldwide. There are 3 million, okay, all over the world, there are 3 million first dates every day worldwide. And on the other side of the graph, it says they're hookups. You know, this is the very first time I've ever heard hookups. Hiccups, yes, but hookups. I'm not a millennial, bro, eh. That's what I'm saying. I got it's a good thing I read this, alright? But, think about this. They say that 47% of men and 40% of women worldwide have had hookups, meaning a one-night stand. Okay, so hookups is like your one-night stand. So they enter into a relationship, what happens in a one-night stand? They get, you know, they, they split afterwards. They break up. Why? Probably because they got embarrassed of the, you know, of the one-night stand. And, you know, some, they just ignored it and said, I'm going to go on my way, I'm going to go on my other way. So that's it. Now imagine, that is like half of the population, almost half of the population of, of planet Earth are having hookups. One-night stand. What else? So they enter this relationship. If they don't want it, what happens? They break up, and one of the reasons why is because they are in they are not attracted anymore. Ouch. They say that 36% of adults worldwide, worldwide, okay? 36% of adults worldwide admit to breaking up with someone because of looks. You don't look handsome anymore. You don't, you know, you're not pretty anymore. And this is reality, okay? I'm not, I'm not exaggerating this. I'll tell you later where we're, where this is coming from. So, if not, there are incompatible personalities. You just cannot go together. You just don't like the person. So you, you break up, right? Let's go even deeper than that, right? So, here it is, okay? Now, just for your information, there, there is about 18 million US dollars in profit. For flowers being sold, this is like annually eighteen million for flowers. I mean, how much does a flower cost nowadays, right? if you've been through the Valentine season, how many of you bought flowers? Come on, be honest, you actually add to that eighteen million u s dollars every every single year, you know, even me, okay, all right, but look, look what happens, okay so Some leave their relationship because they have lost interest. And it says here, because of bad sex. In fact, it says there, 56% of all adults claim to be unhappy with their sex life. That's 56%. Another reason why people break up is infidelity. In fact, 22% of people worldwide have engaged in an affair. This 58% happens to be in Turkey okay now remember turkey it 's not chicken, but it 's turkey okay it 's a place it 's a place okay so fifty eight percent of the population of Turkey have engaged in what we call an affair okay some of course got married, but they divorced, some moved away, etc etc and you know the breakup reasons is just phenomenal okay phenomenal now let 's look at basically all these these words that we use. Look at this. Cheating, infidelity, affair, premarital sex, bad sex, one night stand. Why do you think people break up? Why? Because this is what we call worldly kind of relationships. And worldly kind of relationships, it never really lasts. It does not last. I have yet to see a worldly kind of relationship that had lasted through ages until death do they part. I have yet to see that. But it has not happened. Why? Because these are what we call immoral relationships. Immoral, when we say immoral, means it is wrong. It is evil. It's wicked. It's dishonorable. It is what we call sin. Everybody say sin. Okay. Sin because it goes against the will of God anything that goes against the will of God is sin God's will for us is really to give us what hope future blessings we all know that but sin disrupts that and destroys it in fact we're talking about the different reasons why people break up their relationship because they have a misunderstanding of the will of God and sex that was used all right in that relationship was never designed outside marriage. In other words, sex was designed for a marriage relationship. Okay? And here's the thing. If we call ourselves today Christians, if you're born again, if you made Jesus your Lord and Savior, if you love God today and you're pursuing God, then everything that we're talking about today, okay, that we, then we ought to be separate from how the world thinks of relationships. In other words, we are set apart. We are holy. We are different from what the world thinks about these relationships. That's the goal. If we are born again today, you, are, you love God, you're worshiping God, then we ought to separate from what the world knows about relationships. Are you ready for this? Okay, so as we go back to the Word of God and understand really the purpose of God for this relationship, especially sex, okay, Then, you know, my heart really, my heart tonight is that all of us will embrace the plans, the purpose of God in our relationships. The problem is we don't understand the purpose of our relationship. So if you're ready, I want you to stand on your feet and open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 3 to 10. All right, verse 3. Let me read. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness for because of these things or because of these things the wrath of god comes upon the sons of disobedience therefore do not become partners with them for at one time you were darkness but now you are light in the lord walk as children of light for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true and try to discern what is pleasing to the lord let's bow down our heads and pray father thank you For your word. Lord, we ask that you will cause, Lord God, our minds to open and our hearts to open tonight. May we understand, Lord, your plan, your purpose for relationships, godly relationships, even marriage. May we understand what sex is all about, not just, you know, something that is dirty in the minds. But thank you, Lord God. Lord, we pray for every person who's here. We're praying for every relationship that's here, for every marriage, Lord God. Lord, Sanctify it, Lord God, guard it, Lord God, and bless your people today as we receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, one of the hardest things um, for us as pastors is preach on sex. Uh, That is one of the challenging things to to talk about. But there's something also that's important about sex, and we need to understand this tonight. So my prayer for all of us will be open, okay? And understand what godly relationships are for. Okay. Now, let me give you a certain background. This was the Apostle Paul writing to the Ephesian church. And he was in prison. He's writing this to a, to a, to a, a group of people, a congregation in Ephesus. Say Ephesus. Now, Ephesus is an ancient Greek city. Actually, it is located in Turkey. Not the chicken, but Turkey, the, the place. Okay. Not the animal turkey, also okay, but it's quite interesting. Uh, just remind me of the turkey later when we discuss about this one. But this place actually is is, is something uh, different. It's it's, it's uh, I don't I don't want to say it's special, but it w- this place was a community basically of idol worship. Uh, their goddess is called Diana. Okay, so if your name is Diana. It's okay. I'm not, it's not you. Okay. But this is a, this is the goddess Diana and her Greek name is Artemis. Hey, you all know Artemis? It's the first time you've heard of this. Okay. Artemis. Probably watch movies about this Greek goddess. Now, historians say that this temple of Artemis was considered to be one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Wow. It's really, it's really an amazing place. Okay. Um, I saw this in the internet, so I just kind of thought, you know, this might help a, a bit just to, you know, see what, what it looks like. It's kind of like this. Okay. It, it was a, it was a temple and Artemis, she was also known as the Queen of Heaven. She was also known as the Savior and the Mother Goddess. In fact, people al- uh, around would flock into this temple and in the streets, uh, going through this, uh, what we call, uh, Immoral goddess prostitutes. What is this? Okay, in other words, people would come in order for to in order for them to experience the goddess power or the power of the goddess Artemis, they had to have sexual intimacies with the priests, temple priests, and the temple priestess. So there were also virgins there. So in other words, this city was a wicked city. Okay. This is a picture after you know after many, many, many thousands of years, and here it is right now. It's all gone, destroyed in ruins. This is the, the temple, okay? So it's real. It's not a fate, you know, fable. It's not a story, just a story, but it's real. Devotees from all over the world during their time came to this temple. okay? They worshipped during her first festivals. And they came in with huge, you know, um, how do you call this? Throngs upon throngs of people come in. And they would celebrate the feast, there will be singing, dancing. There'll be music. There'll be dramatic presentations. There were chantings like that, and the promise of this goddess is that you're gonna have uh, you're gonna have fertility. So she's like a goddess of fertility, and also you'll have long life, and also sexual fulfillment, and protection during your pregnancy and childbirth, and also. The seductive sexuality of her worship. And this cult, okay, this cult brought in great wealth. Everybody say great wealth. Yep, it brought in great wealth. And the citizen or citizens of Ephesus, because because this temple was flooded with with people, with money, it became the world's largest bank during that time. I don't know. It probably was World Bank. I don't know. But it had money. So you're talking about sex, money, and power. This was a Greek community, a Greek city. It was huge. And the kind of relationships, immoral relationships, happened in this place. It went down through society. It went down even to the families. And this was the Apostle Paul. He was addressing this to the church. This church got saved, right? This church basically got born again. And there was a church, lo and behold, okay? And they're serving God, they love God, but Paul comes in and writes the epistle to this Ephesian church so that they won't be misled. Why? Because the culture, the immoral culture was there. Today, this is, this is laying in ruins, okay? But but the culture of immorality is still here. In fact, it's funny. Go remind me of the turkey. What happened to the turkey? Okay. Here's the thing. This happened in this location called Turkey. And in our world, you know, in our world stat, over half of them have already had an affair. It's quite interesting, right? So, this, this immoral relationships that has been happening in and out in this city is still happening even today. But the truth is, it's not only happening in Turkey. It's happening all over the world. And yes, it's here in the Philippines. The reason why I'm saying this is because I am so frustrated or angry. I am angry at the fact that it has caused a lot of devastation in our families. I have friends. I have beautiful, wonderful friends. Who had been affected by immoral relationships. And I hated that. And I'm saying this to you because even if you're married, even if you're single, doesn't really matter. But I want you to see that the enemy, the devil, is not, you know, just waiting, waiting, and waiting. The Bible says that the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. And it says that he is a roaring lion, just waiting for that moment. You know, I've seen a a, a lion, you know, about to attack his prey. You all know that. It would lay down silently, waiting for that moment, an unguarded moment, to attack. And I've seen this even in the lives of Christians like you and me. I have good friends. I've seen it as a pastor. I've seen that happen. And we must not take this lightly. I want, I want you to open your hearts and minds for this, because if we don't, the enemy can actually get the best of us. When the Apostle Paul was saying this to Ephesus, he was, he was actually telling them, you know, because you are a son and daughter of God, we need now to set apart from how the world does relationships. Same thing today. Today, we must be set apart. This is an exhortation of Paul. In chapter 4, verse 17, this is what he said to the Ephesian church. He said that, Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. In other words, if you are in Jesus Christ, then we should no longer walk in the ways of the world. That's what it's saying. Why? Verse 18 says, They are darkened, in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their what? Hardness of heart. That's why Paul says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, he also wrote this. He says that therefore, as you receive Jesus or Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. We need to walk in Christ. Okay. Let me share you a truth. Okay? And this is true. We cannot walk with God unless we give up our walk with with the world. We cannot walk with God unless we are willing to give up our walk with the world. Set apart. Paul exhorts all of us. In verse 1 of chapter 5, he says, This is our main verse actually when we started out this uh, series. He says then, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrificing to God. Paul was saying, you need to be imitators of God. You need to imitate God. Meaning we ought to be Christ-like. We're called Christians because we ought to be like Christ. In other words, when you talk about relationships, if there's anything at all that we need to know and understand, is that we have to have Christ like relationships. Amen. And tonight, I want to share to you three. Okay? Three characteristics of a Christ like relationship. First of all, is this it ought to be a presentable one. Everybody say presentable. Presentable, when you look at the meaning of that, it means. respectable, but I like the meaning of honorable. In other words, our relationships, if you're single now and you don't have yet, you know, you're pursuing, you know, someday you will have this relationship, we need to be in that kind of relationship that is honorable, it is respectable, something that is presentable. Okay? When God made Adam and Eve, his original plan okay, in this relationship was that sex was to be between husband and wife. And it should be in the confines of marriage. Let's go back to Scripture. It says here in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother, we all know this, last week, right? And hold fast to his wife. Mind you, it says to his wife, not to his neighbor's wife. Okay? And they shall become one flesh. One flesh means that it is a physical union. Yes, there is a physical union, but this union is holy. It is sacred because it is God who gave this. It was God's idea. This union was God's idea. Sex is not a dirty word. It is a God-given gift to human beings like us. It is commissioned by God Himself. And the result was this, okay? Because God gave sex, what happened? Here we go. In the next verse, it says, And the man and his wife were both, what? Naked and were not ashamed. There was no shame. Before God, this kind of relationship is not shameful. But when Adam and Eve fell, you all know this, right? When they sinned, they disobeyed God. What happened? Their eyes were open. They saw their nakedness. And what, what did they feel? They felt shame. So they covered themselves. The reality is this. Sin brings shame. Which is totally opposite of, you know, the relationship God wants, which is a presentable, honorable kind of relationship. Now because of sin, it was no longer presentable. It was shameful. In fact, it is done in secret. Because it is very shameful. Paul says that, Take no part in this unfruitful works of darkness. But instead, expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. Take no part of this. I have not seen an immoral relationship being blessed by God. It is unfruitful. In fact, it's not just unfruitful, it's devastating. It destroys the homes. It destroys the family. Carries the curse. And there's nothing presentable about it. And Paul says, But instead, we need to expose sin. If we are in sin, we just need to expose it so that the devil, the enemy, will not rob you of this godly relationship anymore. Are you here tonight? For it is shameful. You know, Hollywood today, they paint a different picture of relationships. Everything is permissible in Hollywood do you ever watch this Oscar awarding, right? Year in, year out, or maybe after two or three years. These switch partners, you all know that? Sometimes I get confused. I thought she was the husband. Uh, she, he's the husband of this husband. This, you know, It's kind of mixed up. And even if Hollywood says that it's okay to have these kinds of relationships, it's still shameful, isn't it? And the only thing it does, it, it makes It makes headlines. That's the only thing. Many years back, we've, we've heard about, you know, about this kind of affair by the U.S. president. You all know this. You know, you know who I'm talking about, right? And he said it's an affair. But yet, is there something presentable or honorable with it? None. In the eyes of the world, it is still shameful. Paul says, take no part of it. You know, as Christians, we do represent God that's why our relationship ought to be presentable because we represent our God amen I remember a time when pastor Ferdi if you know pastor Ferdy Kabiling he's our bishop now before they were to be married they the government would uh, basically require them to go through a seminar a marriage seminar so they had to go to this government agency and they had this seminar they were there very early in the morning and there's a woman that came in, and she was the one who held the seminar. And throughout the seminar, towards the middle part, she said this to all the ladies. She says, If you are, uh, especially kayo mga babae, yung mga asawa ngayon, those who are getting married, you know, you have to be ready because someday your husbands will fool around. And then, you know, the, to the shock of Pastor Ferdi." If you know Pastor Ferdy, you know, he's like, you know, he's like um, the runner pastor, and you know, he just got mad, stood up and said, Excuse me. I beg to disagree. I am a pastor. I'm gonna love this woman, this my wife to be for the rest of my life. And he stood there and was saying, you know, we have to stand our ground. Not because I'm a pastor, but because I am a Christian. I stand my ground because I know I represent God. And the kind of relationships we ought to have if you're single, the kind of relationship you want to have is that which is presentable, honorable before our God Almighty. Amen? Secondly, the kind of relationship ought to be pure. Paul exhorts in verse 3, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Now, sexual immorality um, in the New Testament, if you look at this, the, the, the term is called porneia. Okay? Porneia is a Greek word. And it means whoredom. Prostitution meaning. Fornication. You all know fornication. Idolatry. Okay? It means surrendering of sexual purity. That's what it means. It's primarily used for premarital sexual relations. This is what it is. So this is where where we also get the word pornography. So if you look at pornography, the concept of pornography is like it's a selling off. In other words, you are selling off your sexual purity. That's what's happening. And notice how Paul puts it on threes. He says, But sexual immorality and all impurity and covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. So he, he goes to the act which is sexual immorality, and then he zeros in to what's more dangerous, okay? More dangerous than the act of sexual immorality. He comes in more to what? Impure thoughts to covetousness, desiring something that is not yours. That's what it is. And Paul says, if you are a child of God, this is not proper anymore. You got to get rid of this. Paul was not appealing, you know, please, you know, please, don't have sexual immorality. Don't. He was not. What he's saying is that if you are a living saint, if you are a son and daughter of God, you're not supposed to have this anymore in your life. That's what it's saying. Are you still here? You still love me? Okay. And then, after which, he says in verse 4, Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead, let there be thanksgiving. So, from sexual immorality, even the way you speak now, you have to be set apart. What does this mean? Anything that is unclean, unholy talk, anything that regards dirty sexual humor, okay, should be not coming out from our mouths anymore. Flirting is also one thing. You know how it is when you're in high school? I remember I wasn't, you know, I didn't know God before. I had, you know, I'm not pastor before. But my high school friend is here, but he knows this. You know how it is in your high school, you just talk all the jokes, all you want, all day long, all night long, with all the green stuff coming out from your mouth. You know what I'm saying? It's a green joke. So here you are, talking, 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 then finally, after many years, you don't get to see each other, and here comes the reunion. You come back to the reunion, what do you hear? The same old jokes, all the green jokes that you'll ever hear. So coming in, I said, no, now this time I was you know I was already serving God, I love God, you know. And coming to that reunion I said, What? I cannot take it anymore. It's not funny anymore. It was hard. So I, I told my friends, yeah, uh, okay, sige, magtawan na lang kayo, excuse me. That's why our reunions they don't invite me anymore. <laughs> it's it's hard. But it's true. But on the positive side, the Bible says, but instead, let there be thanksgiving. In other words, let sex be a gift. And let's give thanks to God because it is given for us in marriage. Amen. That's that's an amazing thing. Let's move on. For you may be sure. Now, there's a warning. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure... Or who is what? Covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. In other words, there's no heaven for you. There's no eternity for you. It's just a physical death here on earth, and then you'll be judged. That's it. That's what happens. And he says, you may be sure of this. For you may be sure of this means it's 100%. It'll happen. And this is for everyone else who... Is sexually immoral and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. That's what it is. If the kingdom of God really is alive in all of us, then that there has to be that transformation that is already happening. So that every time we are, you know, we are seeing this, this practices, this immoral practices, we're saying no to it already. Amen. Verse 6 says, Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Let no one deceive you. Now here's a myth. It does not mean that because you're attending, attending the church or the services or you're attending your small group, you're in the ministry, it does not mean you are you know, temptation proof. There's no such thing. It is really a walk that we do. It's a day-to-day decision we have to do. We need to guard our purity. Understand? We all need to guard our purity. We do not sell off our purity. Are you here? We cannot. Question. What are you watching nowadays? What are you reading nowadays? What are you listening to nowadays? Or what are occupies your mind nowadays you know somebody once said that an idle mind is the devil's devil's playground you cannot allow the enemy to tempt you do not be deceived with other words with other people what they're saying amen and then Paul says finally brothers whatever is true whatever is honorable whatever is just whatever is pure Whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about all these things. In other words, we need to flood ourselves with the Word of God. Get the good stuff in so that there's no bad stuff coming out. What goes in, goes out. Remember, trash in is trash out. So what you put in your life today, that's what will go out from you. So we need now to really take the effort and put pure things inside of us rather than impure. Amen. Which leads me to my third and last point. It's about pleasing. See, a Christ-like relationship is a, is a relationship that pleases God. Verse 9 says, Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is what? Good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. You know, sometimes it is hard to appreciate God's plan for your life simply because you're, you're, you're in darkness. You're kind of like in the side, inside the room. You want that room because it's a safe place that you are. It's, a, it's your comfort zone already. You're in that room. And that's the life you have. You cannot appreciate what God has for you because you have not turned on the light. You have not turned on the light of God in your life. But if you do, if you decide to turn on that switch, guess what? The whole room, it it will illuminate and finally, lo and behold, you'll see that, wow, this is a beautiful room. This is a beautiful life that God has for me. I didn't realize that. Because why? Because you were What? Walking in darkness. But now, God calls you as children of light. You no longer have to walk in darkness. Amen. You no longer have to get all those immoral things. Those things that are not pleasing and pure. No. You get this. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. Would you like to have bad and wrong and false? No way. How many of you like that? Nobody likes that. And try to discern this. Of all the things, okay? I mean, you can forget everything, but this is what you need to do. Paul says, try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. What he's saying is this, try so hard to understand how to please God. That's what it is. Are you pursuing what God wants for your life? for your relationship, for your marriage, for your family? Are you pursuing that? That's what we need to pursue. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to us, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is true worship. You know, it. Uh, I I just have to commend our worship team tonight. They uh, fantastic job. Really, you know, felt the presence of the Lord here. But you know, as as plainly as we can see, people lifting up their hands. Here's the reality: true worship happens between you and God. True worship happens is that when God sees if you are living sacrifices, holy and pleasing before Him, that's a true worship God is looking for. Because we can all actually show people that we are worshiping. But the reality is your true worship, the one that pleases God, is the one that that when you set apart yourself, your relationship for the glory of God. That's why in the following verse he says here, do not again goes back, do not conform to the pattern of what? This world. Don't go back anymore to worldly things, worldly relationships. Do not conform to that pattern of that world. But what? Be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. And where do you get the renewing of your mind? It's when you keep hearing and hearing the word of God. Then, here's the promise. Then you will be able to, to test and approve what God's will is good, is pleasing. And perfect will how about that you get the best he's good pleasing and perfect you know what perfect means nothing missing perfect if you want to have that relationship that godly kind of relationship then we need to start by renewing our minds today with the Word of God saying goodbye to worldly things and following Christ, imitating Him. Amen? Here's my last point, my main point. We are in the world, but not of the world. Because today we are in Christ. Amen? Praise God. Let's bow down our heads and pray. Lord, we just come and thank You. Thank You, Lord God, for opening our eyes to Your Scripture. Thank You, Lord, that You have the best intention for all of us, for our relationships, for our marriages. We also know, Lord God, that unless we follow You, unless we say goodbye to the pattern of this world, we cannot get the full blessing of Your good, pleasing, and perfect will. So I just want to take this time. If you are here tonight, And there are certain things that you're still grasping or, you know, you're still challenged. You're still holding to the ways of the world. If there's anything that's holding you still from following Christ, let me just pray for you. all you need to do tonight is just, you know, close your eyes, bow down your head. So just be brave before God. Say, God... These are the things, the sins that I have, the worldly desires, the worldly things that I'm still holding. And I just want to give it up right now. If that is you, I want you to lift up your hand so that I could pray for you. Yes, I see that hand. Thank you. Just lift it up. No looking around. Just lift it up. So I could pray for you. Amen. Just lift it up before God. This is between you and God. Let me just pray for you. Father, you see your children, Lord God. You see your sons and your daughters lifting up their hands. Lord, there may be struggles that we have. We're still holding to the world. But Lord, I I pray that when sin abounds, your grace will abound some more. So today, Lord God, release your grace to those who are battling through sin, who are battling through many, many things that the world has to offer. And I pray, Lord, that They will be able to overcome by your grace, O Lord Jesus. You said that there will be many troubles in this world, but we need not fear because you have overcome the world. You have overcome sin. So Lord, I pray that you release your people, Lord God, from whatever they're holding on to right now, the sin of the past, whatever it is that they have done in the past. And Lord, let them receive today your grace. Let them receive today your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Can we give God a big hand for that? And I just want to take this time also. You know, as dirty as we can be, which all of us are, trust me. If there was an um, x-ray machine that's looking at my sin, it's also dirty but there is no amount of sin that God is not able to forgive us. And so I want to take this time. just Everybody, I know you're standing right now. Some of you are leaving. That's okay. Can you just bow down your heads and close your eyes? If, if you want to receive the forgiveness of God and receive Him as your Lord and Savior, maybe this is the time that you could give your life to God. Can you just lift up your hands before God? I just want to pray for you. Yes, one, I see those hands. Just lift it up before God. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Yes, I see that hand. Thank you, sir. Anybody else? Thank you, God. Again, if you're lifting up your hand, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And say this with me. Heavenly Father, I come before you tonight and humble myself. I know that I am a sinner needing your forgiveness, needing a Savior. I understand that you came here on earth So that we may receive your forgiveness. So today, Lord, I come and ask for that forgiveness in the name of Jesus. And I confess now with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord. And believe in my heart that He died for my sins. That on the third day, He rose again. So that He can give me eternal life. So today, Lord, I receive forgiveness. I receive eternal life. And today, Jesus, I am making a public declaration that from this day on, I will turn away from the world and follow you, Lord Jesus, for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Praise God. Praise God. Let's give God a big hand.